Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Uh, last couple episodes, obviously, I've been in a different location. It probably sounds a little different to you. Also, I may sound a little different. It's that seasonal time of year. Y'all know how that goes. <laughs> We're having 50-degree temperature swings within about 48 hours. It drives you crazy sometimes. Well, in the previous episode, we had left off in Mark chapter 11, and Jesus had come into the temple, and he had turned the tables and the money changers. Remember that? And he had told him, hey, my house will not be called a, a den of robbers right here. It's a house of prayer. And that actually speaks to us, folks, that we as believers, we are the house of the very most high God. He dwells within us. Don't ever forget that if you're a true believer. The totality of the Godhead, the triune nature of God, Father, Son, Spirit, dwells within us. Okay? We are the vessels of the presence of God, not a building. Okay. Again, we thank the Lord for dry buildings, do we not? And, and temperature-regulated buildings, yes, we, we do. But that is not the church. The church is the body of Christ. Well, the chief priests and scribes heard Jesus saying this, and they were just throwing a fit. And they're tr trying to figure out how they were going to destroy him because the entire crowd was astonished. Remember that? They never heard anything like this. So let's pick it up in the 11th chapter of Mark. Verse 19 says this. When evening came, they would go out of the city. So Jesus and his disciples and entourage would come into the city, and he would teach. And then when evening came, they would go out to stay with friends outside the city. So they're coming back the next morning. The 20th verse says this. As they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots the idea being from the roots up. And this is a fig tree that Jesus had spoken to the previous day. Remember, he was hungry. He was looking for something to eat. And there was no figs on it. And he said, let there be no more figs from you anymore. Well, now they come back and they find it this way the next day. The next verse says this. Being reminded, mm -hmm. Peter said to him. So Peter was thinking about this. You know, so often we uh, describe Peter, I do, as he a foot and mouth disease, right? <laughs> always sticking his feet in his mouth. But he was a thoughtful person. So here he's being reminded, he's thinking of something, and he says, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. Now, here Peter describes it as uh, being a curse. I think Matthew actually uses that terminology. Jesus, Jesus just spoke to it, said, hey, no more fruit from you. Well, look how Jesus responds to this, verse 22. And Jesus answered, saying to them. So Peter makes this observation, and he's there with all the disciples. And he says this to them. Have faith in God. What? Folks, there are some profound things that are going to be said right here. So give close heed to this. Peter's pointing out the fig tree that had been withered. And if you want to know why Jesus said that to the tree, it's to where he could bring forth this teaching right here. Okay? So he points it out and says, hey, look, the uh, tree that you cursed. He just pointed it out. Jesus follows that up with have faith in God. Okay, what does having faith in God have to do with this tree being dead? Jesus speaking to it. Well, he explains it. Verse 23, Jesus still speaking. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted him. 
This is a biggie, folks. Okay, a biggie. Jesus is saying this. Have faith in God. And if you have faith in God, then you can say to this mountain, and more than likely, Jesus is pointing to a mountain, okay, just in the natural. You can say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea. If you say it without doubting your heart and you believe that it's going to happen, it will be granted. But let me tell you right now, from the get-go, the only way that you can believe and the only way you can say it without any doubt in your heart is if the Spirit of the Lord is leading you to say that, that you're not saying it in the flesh. If you say it in the flesh and you just proclaim it in the flesh, then there's going to be a modicum of doubt left in your heart. And the Lord sees that and he understands that. He knows that. It's when you believe. We're going to see this a couple of times, these next two verses, that you believe. That belief is not just of the flesh. It's not just of the soulish realm. That belief to move and live within this way comes from the Most High God Himself. So He says, if you believe, if you don't doubt in your heart, you can say, take up mountain, be cast in the sea, and it will happen. Verse 24, Jesus continues, Therefore, I say to you, Jesus is saying this to us, all things for which you pray and ask, Believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. Now, more people go to all extremes on this, as you can imagine. Some people believe that all you have to do is just name it, and all you have to do is claim it. That's where this comes from, that you say it and what it is, and you believe it. Therefore, God has to grant it to you. That's not true. Because it may be just your flesh speaking. Notice what Jesus says, when you are praying, all things for which you pray. It's not that you're praying for the thing. It's the idea then that you're actually praying. And as you're praying, you're receiving things from the Father. You're hearing from the Father. Okay? When you receive these things from the Father, you know what he's wanting to do. You want to know how to align your heart with his heart. You know what to believe. And you know for what you should be asking. Therefore, I say to you, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted to you. It's just not a willy-nilly list that you take for God. Okay, God, I got this list. I want this, this, this. I'm praying for it. I'm asking for it. I believe it. So therefore, you have to grant it to me. You have to. None of the entirely wrong heart, right? Entirely wrong attitude. Jesus actually deals with the attitude of heart in the next verse. Whenever you stand praying, those are standing praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. Let me just read the last verse. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father who is in heaven forgive your transgressions. So notice what's going on here. Quite often when you're praying, guess what will come to mind? The points where you have, uh, you're holding unforgiveness against somebody or where there's something within your spirit that's not right with somebody. So he says, if that happens when you're standing and praying, then you forgive if you have anything against anyone. <coughs> we can't do anything about somebody having something against us. Now, parenthetically, if we know that somebody has something against us, we are to try to work it out. But the scripture tells us what? Be at peace with one another as far as possible with you. I can't make somebody do something. 
I can't make them. I can reach out and try and try to reconcile. But if they refuse to, that's their issue. My issue is I can't hold unforgiveness against them. And he says you must forgive them. And if you forgive anything, okay, make sure you do that so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions. Do we not do that? We want Father to forgive us of all things. But then we want to hold alt in our heart against somebody else. You cannot do that. You definitely can't do that and expect God to uh, move in power and presence through prayer and belief that would come from him. Okay, you can't do that. Do you see what the whole point of the fig tree is now? He's teaching us some stuff. He says, believe. He says, ask. When you pray, Whatever is coming across your mind as you're praying, if that's from the Father, ask, believe, and you'll receive it. Sometimes people will say, well, what if it's not of the Father? Well, that becomes evident too. Sometimes he just removes that desire from me. I've experienced that many times for something that I wanted, for instance. And all of a sudden, I wake up two weeks later and realize I hadn't even thought about it. God just removed that desire, which is really a blessing, is it not? Well, anyway, uh, my time is up. We may talk a little more about this later. I'm not sure if there's a lot here. Okay. Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode. Goodbye.